Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, welcome back to Fleet Liquor. I'm your host, John Murray. And again, like I start with most of my uh, podcasts, for those who are listening to me the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so, and I hope you continue to come on back. And like I said before, you know, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones. I'm certainly looking to build, to continue to build. Um, as of a few days ago, I celebrated my first year actually doing a uh starting this podcast and uh, it's been fun it's been it's been real or they say it's been real fun if you want to really combine them both again for those viewers who've been meeting from day one i want to thank you for being with me and continue to please come on back and again fight your family your friends and your loved ones um as i've said before and i'll say it again uh i'm on facebook i am on twitter other than that that's pretty much mostly i do i'm not much into the instagram or pinterest or tiktok or whatever other media outlet that needs to be out there. I usually do those too. Uh, but if anybody, um, but certainly, if anybody's got any questions or anybody wants to throw an opinion my way, well, I'm on Facebook and Twitter, please do so. Throw an opinion my way or if you got a question that you want me to answer, I will certainly give you the best, I will give you the best, you know, advice or best of my knowledge to answer the question as best I can. Um, like I said, it's a free country. Everybody's got an opinion, right? And trust me, I'm sure there's a billion podcasts out there with many different walks of life, whether it's a sport one, religious one, political one, entertainment value, so forth and so forth. But again, for those who do listen to this podcast, and it's a, I know it's a very small audience, uh, I certainly know the ones who do listen to this podcast, and I want to say thank you for doing so. Um, again, I've always, I've been trying to get reach out there. I mean, it's been a while. I've had, you know, when I first started this podcast, I started getting viewers from north of the border. I've gotten from the United Kingdom, even from Thailand. But, of course, most of my, most of my uh, viewers come from the great old U.S. of A., and again, I want to continue to get it out there. I want to get more viewers. I don't care if you're from France, Spain, uh, you know, China, wherever you have, wherever you may come from. I want you to continue to listen. I'm on a lot of I'm on you know Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Breaker, there's what Stitcher, and there's there's a few other ones out there that I'm a part of. Uh, if you get a chance, if you don't do Spotify, listen. To, Listen to them, because I want to get out there, and I want everybody in the world to hear what I got to say. Uh, enough of that. Let's let's jump into some um, let's jump into some sports. Uh, one of the very first things we'll talk about is, and uh, it really hasn't been brought up much, but it was brought up a couple of days ago, and I'm going to bring it up. It's been kind of swept under the rug, if you will, and that's. Um, let's talk about the New Orleans Saints for a minute, and one particular pair we'll talk about Alvin Kamara. Now, if you remember, if you remember back during the uh, Pro Bowl week, uh, Alvin got an incident with uh, some friends of his on an elevator. I believe the story went there was a gentleman that wanted to get on the elevator with um, Alvin and his friends. I guess I don't know if he was going up or down, whatever the case might have been. Alvin didn't want to get on this elevator. The gentleman didn't want to hear it. There was an altercation. Uh, Alvin, you know, Alvin punched a guy. Some of his friends punched a guy. This guy had some, you know, had some bones broken. Facial features might have been rearranged, you know. And, and of course, Alvin was caught on camera because guess what? Nowadays, most elevators 
have cameras in them. And now there's a possibility Albert could catch a backlash. The rumor is going around he may serve a suspension right off the bat. Now, nothing has come out about that as of yet. Uh, I don't know. I'm assuming Allen has met with NFL execs. I mean, we're guessing. I don't know. I haven't heard of any rumors or any stories that he has met with these executives or not. But we're going to assume that we're assuming a six-game suspension at least is going to come of this. Now, I know some people might want to, well, I, you can't really, I know some people might want to compare it to the Ray of of a of several years ago where he was, where he beat up in an elevator his fiance at the time, which he has now since married. I know there's going to be some, might be draw some comparisons to that, but again, you can't really draw the comparison to that because it's a defenseless woman and again, I guess you have a guy, you have this one guy getting beat on by I don't know how many people. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some comparisons, and I'm sure some people are going to bring that up. But for the time being, we figured that he is going to serve a six-game suspension. And the question mark is, how much does it hurt the New Orleans Saints? Well, it hurts the Saints. It's going to hurt the Saints a lot. Simple fact is this, Alvin Kamara has been the most consistent weapon that they've had for the last few years. Now, I get it. You still had Drew Brees around. Of course, Drew's gone, retired. There was a point in time you had Michael Thomas, but that's been a few years ago, and Michael has not been the same since he signed that big contract with the Saints. He's had injuries. He hasn't been on the field, what seemed like in about two years. But now, you have to look at things differently now. Jameis Winston is now the quarterback. Now, we're not 100% sure if James Winston is going to be there when the season opens. Uh, he's recovering from uh, an ACL injury. Uh, the reports are that he is recovering on schedule and that he could very well be there when the season starts. Now, I'm going to assume that James will not see any preseason action. I'm going to guess that. That's probably a fair, a fair assessment to make. If that does not happen, they did sign Andy Dalton in the offseason. Andy Dalton will more likely be a starting quarterback if Winston cannot or well, is not ready. But Alvin Kamara is a big part is a big part of that offense. And if Alvin's not there, Mark Ingram, a veteran, the I think he's the Saints all time leading rusher, he would have to pick up the bigger load. And Mark, I mean Mark is a good football player, but yeah, but Mark is you know Mark is kind of getting up an age where it's kind of where you're kind of you're scared because the running back, because the running back is getting up an age, and I don't know if Mark can handle the load that maybe an Alvin Kamara can still can still handle. Now, Alvin, don't get me wrong, Alvin's been dinged up the last couple of years, and some you can make an argument that maybe he's becoming, well, I can't say he's a Christian McCaffrey because Alvin has not missed that many games as Christian McCaffrey in the last two years. I can't say that. But Alvin Kamara is certainly, among fantasy players, is still like a top five, six, seven running back. And he certainly is so. But for the Saints, it's it it really hurts. Michael Thomas, you don't know when or if Michael Thomas is going back on the field. Now, they did sign Jarvis Landry in the offseason, which I do like that. I thought it was a nice little pickup, a steal pickup for them. They did draft Chris Lee from uh, Ohio State, who I think could be another nice little weapon. And to be honest with you, if all these weapons were here opening day, 
right when the season begins, it'd be very interesting for the Saints. But if you lose a guy like Alvin Kamara for the first six games of the season, it hurts. Now, unless unless the Saints can go five and one, four and two in those first six games, then it might not seem quite as bad. But you gotta remember you got one Tampa Buccaneers and Tom Brady in that same division. And to be honest with you, I know the Saints, the Saints have a solid defense, one of the more better defenses like, and sometimes it's kind of underrated. And the, and the Saints defense, for some reason, some way, some shape, in some form, they seem to always figure out how to get to Tom Brady. And that could really be the case again. But this time around, if you face Tom Brady, you're going to face Andy Dalton, Mark Ingram, uh, maybe Jarvis Landry. Again, whether that strikes fear into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their defense, I don't think so. If you had James Winston, Alvin Kamara, or Michael Thomas, yeah, then Tampa Bay's defense might say, oh, wait a minute here. We might, we, we, we might have a little bit something to worry about. But for that being said, for that being said, it's going to be imperative that the Saints, if, if they lose Kamara for the first six games, it's going to be imperative that they've got to do something. Because to be honest with you, if Kamara is out, it puts more pressure on a Jameis Winston to air it out. Now, Jameis, I know a lot of people say a lot about Jameis Winston, but you got to remember, before the season, before, that's before Jameis got hurt, the Saints did have a winning record. Jameis actually didn't look bad. He might not, he might not have set the world on fire, but he actually played good football. I think it was what. 16 touchdowns or like four interceptions. I can't remember the exact numbers, but he had decent numbers. It wasn't that James Winston that threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. He learned something under Drew Brees. He learned something under Sean Payton. And now we'll see if we'll see if James comes back, but and can take the lessons he has learned and you know push it further, push it further on. But it's going to be interesting. And Jameis, yeah, more pressure will go on Jameis Winston. More pressure we put on probably Mark Ingram. And if Michael Thomas can come back, at least you'll have Thomas, Landry, and Chris Lever pay a pretty good three center set of receivers. The tight end spot now, Taysom Hill is going is going back to be the jack of all trades, which is a smart move. He'll he'll play in the two tight end two tight end set. I'm sure they probably got the plays designed that where he'll run the ball or he'll even be quarterback at some point in time. I'm sure that's all designed in the playbook. Like I said, Pete Car- I think it's Pete Carmichael. He is the offensive coordinator. He has been there for quite some time. He knows, yeah. I'm sure the system probably will not change that much under his under his tutelage. I don't see it changing that much from maybe Sean Payton to where Carmichael's been calling the plays. I don't see it really changing a whole, whole lot. Maybe you'll tweak it here, tweak it there. I don't see it changing a lot. But with Alan Kamara, with Alan Kamara there, it's going to put more pressure on Jameis Winston to step up. And if Jameis can't go, Andy Dalton's going to have to step it up. But I think this has put more pressure on the passing game. And the biggest problem was the last few years, the passing game has not been the greatest in the world for them. The receiving court has not been that good. But maybe if a healthy Michael Thomas comes in, Jarvis Landry, Chris Leave, and they've got they've they've re uh, they've got a couple more guys that have come back. The one thing is I would love to see him add is another tight end to the team. T- 
Taysom Hill is, is, is a nice little, nice little weapon. But I'd love to see him sign a veteran tight end. There's a guy there, Jared Cook. I would mind seeing him going out and getting a veteran like Jared Cook and bringing him in and let him be a tight end and another weapon to Jameis Winston. I'm sure he could probably get Jared Cook somehow under the cap and make, you know, maybe pay him whatever the minimum wage is, you know, for an NFL player. That would be something that they could do or something they could use. But again, Tampa Bay has been based on their defense the last couple of years, and their defense has been one of the best defenses in the league. It might, it kind of goes goes under notice a lot. But you ask Tom Brady, Tom Brady knows about the New Orleans Saints defense. It, it like I said, it goes under the radar. The defense once again has probably got to ask to step up for the first six games, minus Alan Kamara. And I think that's going to be that that's going to be the factor, but. It is, yes, it's going to hurt the Saints, but unless the Saints can be 5-1 or 4-2 in the first six games, then the Saints are not serious. They're in a heap of trouble. Whether Winston recovers in time, you don't know. An injury is an ACL injury. It could take a guy, it could take a guy another full season to fully recover from that ACL injury. Some guys have the, the miraculous powers of covering Adrian Peterson years ago when he had an injury he came back and, and he blew people away with how quickly he recovered and again I know modern medicine nowadays is so much more advanced and athletes today are so much better than they were 20 years ago but Winston's going to have to step up his game the passing game is going to have to step up its game even more because if it doesn't, it's going to put more pressure on the Saints' defense, and that could be that could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. So the Saints, I don't think it's going to be a good thing. Again, their defense has been pretty good for the last couple of years, and they did lose a few people on that defense, but it's still a pretty good defense. It's still a defense as a force to be reckoned with. But we'll see. You know, we'll see in time. How that all how all that goes down, but losing Alan Kamara possibly for the first six games is bad news for the New Orleans Saints. The next thing I next thing I have to bring up is let's talk about the New York Jets and linebacker C.J. Mosley. A couple days ago, believes that the the New York Jets have a shot at being a playoff team. Now, a lot of times I get it. When the season, when the season first starts, well, the season when you get when you you go out and you make acquisitions, you have a good draft, and then all of a sudden you feel pumped up, you feel excited, you figure, okay, this team looks good. This team is way is, is improved from last year. I think this team could play off team, and I believe you know maybe C.J. Mosley is getting caught up in the hype. Because again, the Jets, you know, the Jets had a good draft, maybe the best draft, maybe the best draft of anybody in the NFL. This, you know, they could have really had the best draft. And, you know, again, a lot of experts give them an A, and rightfully so. You go out, you draft Sauce Gardner, the best cornerback in the draft. And I'm interested to see Sauce Gardner in his own division against Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs. I'm interested to see how those matchups are going to go. 
I get it. You got Johnson, Florida State, who probably should have been a first-round pick, who fell. You traded back in the first round to get him. You got Wilson, Ohio State, a receiver from Ohio State, who is a good weapon. So I get your top three picks. In the second round, you got a pretty good – you got maybe the best running back in the, in the draft and Bryce Hall. Now, now, CJ has been, is, has been a very good linebacker in this rig for several years. Now, CJ has had injuries the last couple of years. But CJ is a good football player. And CJ, you know, CJ, I'm sure, sees things changing in the building. Now, Wilson, yeah, when they drafted Wilson last year, everybody thought this was going to be the changing of the guard. He's going to be the next, he's going to be the next Joe Willie Namath. I'm sure the Jets thought that. And he didn't have that good of a year. Injuries caught up to him. And, you know, and people feel, still feel in the organization that he is the quarterback of the future. Now, I will say this. The offensive line, it has it has shown signs of improvement. They've gone, you know, they've shown signs of improvement. The running game, I like Michael Carter. I like what Bryce Hall can bring. To, I like Carter and Hall as a one-two punch. I think the set Jets do have something there. Look at the receiving core. I get it. You got Corey Davis who did not play up the capabilities, and they wanted him to be a number one receiver. And Corey Davis is not a number one receiver. Now I do like I do like Wilson from Ohio State. I think he brings a lot of potential to the team. Elijah Moore was having a nice little rookie year, then he got hurt. But I like Elijah Moore's potential. Now between those three receivers, you could have a little something worked out. They signed a couple of veteran tight ends, so you would think the offense would be a little bit better around Zach Wilson. Be a little bit better, and it should be a little bit better. But defensively, yes, I love me some C.J. Mosley. I'm interested to see what Gardner can do. Now, I'll agree with CJ to a certain point. This team looks better on paper. But let's be honest with you. They're not going to beat the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are, I'm sure a lot of experts' eyes, are the team that's going to win the AFC East. The Dolphins. The Dolphins, a lot of people may think the Dolphins will probably finish maybe second in the division. To me, New England... It, New England may not be the New England of old, but they could probably they'll find a way to finish third. And to be honest with you, I still think the Jets will finish in the summer. Now the problem with CJ's thought process is this: I mean, you got three the three teams above you probably have a shot, an outside shot, at making the playoffs. Okay, so the Baltimore Ravens, so the maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers, so the Cincinnati Bengals, so the Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts. Heck, every team in the AFC West has a chance to make the playoffs. So to me, to sit back and say that, hey, we might have a shot at the playoffs this year, I don't think so. Because to me, you're still you're still at the basement of your own division. Now, maybe you're taking steps to improve your team, and they're doing the best they can. I mean, they had a good draft. Like I said, one of the best drafts, you know, in a long, probably long time for the Jets. And maybe there's excitement. You sign a couple of free agents. You get, you know, good draft. You start you start to feel it. Yeah, man, we got to shut the playoffs this year. I mean, look what we've done. A lot of all depends certainly on the bottom line. What Wilson could do. What can he do from the first year to a second year? Are there improvements? Now, 
yeah, I mean, to me, I'm interested in seeing. I'm interested to see, first of all, I'm interested to see the one-two punch. I want to see what Michael Carter and I want to see what Bryce Hall can do. I want to see what these two can do together. Because if those two can, can play some good ball, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Wilson. I'm interested to see if Elijah Moore can improve because he's a dangerous weapon. I'm interested to see what Garrett Wilson can do with the, you know, with the Jets. Now, to me, Corey Davis, and Corey Davis is not a number one receiver. And to me, he's going to have to play that number one receiver role again this year, but he's not a number one receiver. If Corey was maybe a number two, I can see if Corey Davis was even a number three receiver, he'd be fine, but he's not a number one receiver. And the biggest problem is they don't really have a number one receiver. I like Elijah more. I like Elijah's number two. Wilson, Wilson right now to me is maybe a, a 2A or a 2B. I don't think he's not a number one yet. And Corey Davis, he's either two or three. They don't have that number one receiver. Now, it'd be nice if they kind of gone out and signed that. Now, it would have been nice if they kind of gone out and got Tyreek Hill. Now, that would have been interesting. Now, can you imagine Tyreek Hill? Let's say Corey Davis would be the number two receiver. You bring in maybe Elijah's number three, and you bring along Garrett Wilson slowly as your number four receiver. Now, and let's say you go ahead and drive Bryce Hall. Let's say you go get. Now, maybe they probably would have had a first-round pick, probably, but the point being is if, if you could play the devil's advocate and you had that running game, those two top guys are your running back, okay, now, now we're cooking on something. Now, certainly the defense, the defense sh I would say, should improve a little bit, should improve. The offense, the offense should get some improvement. But it's all going to depend on what Zach Wilson can bring to the table in his second year. No, and I get CJ is all is all hyped up. He thinks the Jets are going to be improved. And they may very well improve from this year. I'm not saying they might not improve. Maybe they might win maybe one or two more games. But the thing is, they're not a playoff team yet. They maybe, you know, maybe in some maybe in New York media's mind, maybe in New York Jets fans' mind, there's gonna maybe at some point in time they will get to the playoffs. But they're not gonna do it this year. I don't know when they'll get to the playoffs. Again, I'll say it before and I'll say it again. I've been saying it for the last couple of minutes. It all depends on the if Wilson can be can step his game up. I mean, the offense is interesting. The defense shouldn't be that bad but it's not a playoff team as far as AFC half the teams in the AFC can make the playoffs the only teams I'm not sure that can make the playoffs are probably the Jets I'm going to say the Texans the Jaguars and maybe let's say maybe the Cleveland Browns everybody else in the AFC I think he has a shot at making the playoffs I mean, I don't know if I'd give, I'd, I'd give Cleveland a better chance of making the playoffs than I would the Jets. I know the Deshaun Watson thing, that's that's a totally different sort of a different matter. But to say that the Jets could be a playoff team, that's a little far-fetched. I know maybe CJ, I know CJ's probably reliving the Baltimore Raven days. Now, if he is doing that, I get that and understand that. Because the Ravens always seem to be a, a, a contender every year. And again this year, they'll be that contender again. 
in their, you know, in the AFC and certainly in the AFC, in the AFC North. Again, that's kind of like, what was the, uh, there was another one out with the Atlanta Falcons. Receiver for Atlanta Falcons. I was like, I can't, I cannot pronounce the young man's name. And I apologize. It was Zacharias, I believe his name was. I probably pronounced it wrong. He feels, he feels the Atlanta Falcons could be a playoff team. Well, that may be as much of a stretch as the New York Jets. You've got Marcus Murray as your quarterback. You've got a gentleman that's uh, Desmond Ritter is uh, eventually is going to be the quarterback of the future for your team. But you got Mariota. Your running game is still non-existent. You got Cordell Patterson who had a blockbuster year last year, but can he do it again this year? Now, I like Drake London. He, he's going to have he's going to have to come in and step in right away. Who doesn't like Kyle Pitts? Your offensive line is mediocre. And your defense, your defense has, hasn't been that yet, has been down the bottom of the lake for the last few years. And you think they've got a chance at winning winning your division. You also got remember you got Tom Brady in your yeah, Tom Brady in your, yeah, in your division as well. You're not better than Dallas. You're not better than Philadelphia. I don't think you're better than Green Bay. I don't think you're better than Minnesota. You're not better than the, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the Saints are still better. And then you start looking around, you start looking around even, even further. You're not better than the Rams. I think the Cardinals can beat yeah, can beat you. If Seattle got the quarterback situation straight, I think Seattle could be up on Atlanta. And certainly the 49ers are better. So to be honest with you, that's that might be a little more far-fetched than the Jets one. But I get it. It's a new year. And every organization has that same goals. Everybody wants to reach that one goal. Everybody wants to win the Super Bowl. But unfortunately, only two teams get the Super Bowl, and there's only one winner. It's plain and simple. It's not going to be the Jets. It's not going to be a lot of Falcons. Now, if the Jets and Falcons get to the Super Bowl, then hey, we're all wrong. Well, at least I'm wrong. But I get it. You got that year. Everybody, you know, everybody, you know, you come in, you look at your organization done the off season, you think they've done good things, they've had a good draft, you, you know, go to OTAs, you know, maybe maybe Wilson has looked good in OTAs, uh, maybe Elijah Moore looks healthy, um, you know, uh, Bryce Hall looks like a, a beast, and you're saying, oh my gosh, we got a chance to do something this year. And then you realize when you have to run up against Buffalo, Buffalo twice the same year, or maybe Miami, and then you look at your schedule, oh my gosh, I got to face this team, this team, that team, then it hits you in the head. And then when Wilson gets off to a bad start, then you probably sit back and say to yourself, man, why not go, why not go to the, why not go to the media and tell them that I think we're going to make the playoffs? And I got a feeling that's what's going to happen when C.J. Mosier, when he says that, you know, I feel that's what's going to happen. And then C.J.'s going to say to himself, I need to get out of this place and I need to go to a playoff team. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of teams out there would, would take C.J. Mosier in a snap of a finger because he's a good linebacker. You put him on a team, a playoff team, it, get, it makes your chances a little bit better. But to me, to say that the Jets are playoff team we got to pump the brakes for Atlanta Falcons for them to say they're a playoff team we all need to pump the brakes on this because to me 
they're not they're not there yet. Maybe in time they will get there. It may take a couple more seasons to get there. I don't think Buffalo Bills are going away anytime soon, at least in that conference. Miami, I think it all depends on what Tua can do this year. You've heard good reports about Mac Jones is getting better. He looks better in camp than he did in his rookie season. And that could be an interesting, that could be a scary thought. But for the Jets, for CJ Moses, the Jets are a playoff team. That's kind of stretching it just a little bit. The next one is, I guess, to my to my Dallas Cowboy fans out there. I've been reading I've been reading some social media outlets and I I read this one off of Twitter. And there's a rumor going around in Dallas now. Again, you know, as you say, rumors are what they are. Rumors, if you want to say that. There's a rumor going around that that Dallas Cowboys could be interested in one Will Fuller. Now, again, I know Jerry Jones. I know Stephen Jones ain't going to listen to this podcast because then again, they go say, "Well, who who is who is John Murray?" Right? But the point is, if this if all this is really true, and like I said, like I said, well, rumors are certainly what they are. Rumors. It would be an interesting, I think it would be a very interesting fit for Dallas. I think it's an avenue that Dallas should explore in game Will Fuller. Now, Will Fuller throughout his career has had a history of injury of injuries. And of course, he was suspended, you know, a couple seasons ago because of, of a, he was suspended for the PEDs, performance enhancement drugs. He was suspended for that a couple seasons ago. And last season, he was pretty much hurt majority of the season for the Miami Dolphins and he was let go. Now, it, yes, I get it. Will Fuller is, he's got a history of injuries. But the, the scary thought about Will Fuller is if he's ever on the field and he's ever healthy, he's a dangerous weapon. He, yeah, he's got speed. He's got speed to burn, as you can say. Now, I like, I like this. I think this could be an interesting move for the uh, for the Cowboys. Think about this for a second, and think about this: Michael Gallup is not going to be ready by opening day, right? James Washington is not is not the answer. You, you drafted Tolbert, a guy who a lot of experts feel that could be a very interesting weapon for the Cowboys down the road. Now, there's even talk about maybe getting Tony Pollard lined up in the slot more, maybe use him more to catch and pass catching more passes because he has a capability of doing so. So the problem is it puts it puts a lot of pressure on one C D land that you want to step up to the number one spot. It puts more pressure on Dalton Schultz, who Dak Prescott loves and you gotta remember Dalton Schultz. And Dalton Schultz is gonna to come to OTAs and he's gonna hope that his he hope that his agent can get him the contract that he wants and deserves. So right now, to me, the only two weapons that Dak can rely on is one, is one C.D. Lamb, and one Dalton Schultz. The only two that he can rely on. And to me, that becomes a, that becomes a huge, a huge issue. Now, if Jerry and Stephen can go out there and talk and go out there, reach out to Will Fuller and his agent, bring them in, talk to him. To me, I think you could get Will Fuller right now for a cheap for a cheap price. 
Because Will's because Will is gonna wanna go out there and he's gonna prove to the world that you made a mistake by not signing me a long time ago. Now, no, I mean, to me, if you think think about it this way, if everybody in Dallas is healthy, I can imagine CD. I still think Fuller is better than Michael Gallup if Fuller is healthy. Michael Gallup comes back. Okay, that's that's your top three. You got Schultz. You can see the young Tolbert, Washington. Okay, if you use all of them on the same field, that's not bad. You put Pollard in the slot. Yes, you still got Zeke. The offensive line is taking these beatings the last couple of years, and it's kind of become an issue this this season. But for Dallas fans, for my Dallas fans listening to the show, you know, it's it's not that bad an idea to go to go out and try to get Will Fuller to see if Fuller is completely healthy. Yeah, bring him in. Do your physicals. Running through all the drug testing you're running through. If he can pass all that, sit down, talk to him, sign him to a contract, sign him to a one-year deal if you have to. Give him the minimum amount. Maybe give him slightly more than the minimum amount. Let Will come in. To me, at this stage, it's not a bad signing. I mean, I've heard worse rumors. I've heard worse thoughts. But I can't, but I like this. I think it's smart. They can get him in. I think the look could be a nice little addition. You know, take some of the pressure off of CD Lamb. And defense is due respect for fuller speed. I can tell you that right now. I mean, because one time you had D Hop on one side and Will Fuller on the other side with the Sean Watson throwing the football. And that was something special. Now, I'm not going to put CD Lamb in the same, ca- same category as DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not going to put him there. But the point is, if you had CD on one side, Will Fuller on the other side, it makes, it makes things a little bit better. It takes a little pressure off of CD. It'll take some pressure off of Dalton Schultz. Because right now, all he's got is two guys he rely on, C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz. Gallup that probably will not be there opening day. That's going to put what, Washington Tolbert in there. So if I'm Jerry and I'm Stephen Jones, let me say this. Go sign the guy. Like I said, go down there. You know, let, let, him, do, let him do the physical. Let him take the test. Talk to his agent. Bring the man in. Sign him. You can probably get him cheap now. There was talk about times that Green Bay Packers were going to sign this guy. But now, here's the opportunity. Jerry, here's your opportunity. You're a man, you're a man that likes to gamble on people. You like to gamble on troublemakers. I mean, you've made a career, you've made a career, career of doing that. You've made a career of taking guys that people don't want anymore. I know, the, I know the Raiders are famous for that, but so is Jerry Jones. I mean, think about it. What was it, Charles Haley? Everybody thought that Haley was a, a cancer in the 49ers locker room at one time. Jerry said, not in this locker room. Let me trade for him. And look what happened. Jerry got a super, <laughs> super bowl out of it, right? I mean, you know, what's the harm in it? Bring Fuller in. Let him do all the work. Sign him. Him on the field because to me he would give you another he would give you another weapon. I know Jerry. I know you know I know Jerry. I know Jimmy. 
not Scott, Jimmy, but Jerry and Stephen, here's the thing. You need you need more help. You need more weapons. If it was me, go get Will Fuller. Now I know there's an argument out there. Julio Jones is sitting out there. And Julio's an injury on the last couple of years. We would what all right, what about going out and getting Julio? Julio's not the same guy he used to be, but if Julio could ever stay healthy, Julio and C D Lamb. That's not half bad. But the Will Fuller one, I do like. He's a speed man. If he's healthy, he can still take a top off of teams. He can let CD do the dirty work. To me, for fantasy football, honestly, if you got a Will Fuller, to me, CD could be a 90-catch guy, 1,100 yards, maybe about nine touchdowns. CD's got the capability of doing that, and I'm sure they've got design plays where CD can run the ball, do some end-arounds, and line in the backfield and stuff like that. CD has that capability. Now, whether CD does a lot of runs this year, I don't know because he's, he is supposed to be the number one receiver. And trust me, if C.D. Lamb gets hurt, Dax could be really, as they say, up the river without a paddle. And I think that's going to be that. So they might not do that this year. But again, once again, do what you got to do. Go sign well for I think it's, it's not a bad idea, not a bad thought. But I think you do need to add, but Jerry needs to add a veteran receiver, add somebody. Because right now, you need to add another weapon to that offense. Because, again, like I said before, and I'll say it again, the offense runs through Dak Prescott. If you want Dak to succeed, you better add another weapon. Now, the next one I got to say is, I want to file this under the, huh, this gets kind of interesting. Now, have you heard the latest the latest rumor on the Baker Mayfield situation? Now, there was a rumor going around again. Like I said, rumors are what they are. Rumors. Have you heard about this one that Baker that uh, it would be some kind of three way trade between Cleveland, I believe it's the Panthers and the 49ers. And if I got this right, the Browns would get Jimmy Garoppolo. Baker would go to the Panthers, and I really don't know what the 49ers would get out of all out of all this is all said and done. Maybe some draft picks or something like that, or draft pick or something like that. Now, now the problem is again, Jimmy, Jimmy's on. Yeah, it, to me, I don't see it where it'd be beneficial financial-wise for both teams. I can't see Cleveland really getting Jimmy. I think Jimmy's one of the books for 20-some million, if I'm not mistaken. So I can't see. So he could dump 18.18 million of Baker Mayfield's money, and you can get a guy that's going to make like 20-some million. It don't make sense. I don't see – I have a hard time still getting where the Panthers would want two quarterbacks that might make, what, 18, what, 18 million or something like that. I can't understand Sam Donaldson make a lot of money this year. And I can't see Sam Baker on the same roster making a lot of yeah, making a lot of money. Now a lot of things is and I've said this and I, I've said this and I've had a I've seen a couple of sports shows that kind of jumped off of what I've said a couple episodes or a few episodes ago. To me, in some way, shape, or form, Baker is kind of be sitting in the catbird seat. 
I mean, Baker could not play an ounce of football this season, and he can make $18 million. And the thing about the, the thing about Cleveland is simple as this. Cleveland needs, you have to wonder, does Cleveland, does Cleveland really need Baker? Because I guess, and I guess we, we've heard all the stories about the Deshaun Watson situation. And Deshaun's supposed to meet with um, the NFL, I believe the NFL, um, since it's about 12.31 in the morning, he's going to meet with them later on in the day. And the word, yeah, the word on the street is there's there's a possibility that he could serve a year long suspension, which again I've heard this several weeks ago, but now it seems to be growing louder and louder. Now, again, you know, again, right now Schroeder said it's going to be the starting quarterback, but you have to wonder could Baker still be a better option to cover set. Again, Jacoby was brought in because everybody thought Bakers would be long gone by now, and unfortunately he is not. And to me, maybe this is kind of one of the situations where maybe Cleveland needs Baker because what happens if if Deshaun deserves a year suspension, which we feel that's going to be the case, let's say for the sake of argument, what if Jacoby set gets hurt? Yeah, then you're going to be able to keep because the other guy, I believe, on the quarterback is what Joshua Dobbs, I believe, former Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. Yeah. So the only quarterback in that roster is Joshua Dobbs if Jacoby Sick gets hurt. But then he goes old Baker Mayfield. Now, again, like I said, Baker is probably sitting in the catbird seat and Baker's probably shaking his, his head. Here you go give a man $230 million guaranteed money. He ain't going to play at a lick of football for almost two years now. But you want to go ahead and give a guy $230 million guaranteed money. And he's not, he had him in football for two years. And here you got me here. You had me for four years. And I've gotten to at least a playoff and won you a playoff game. Now, Vegas Ross said, maybe I didn't put up all the greatest numbers in the world, but I got you the playoff game. I got you to beat Pittsburgh Steelers, did I not? I mean, there was a point in time that even I. Went up against Patrick Mahomes one time and hung and hung with him for a while. And but yet, this is what you want. And Baker said, Well, you've kind of made your bed, now you're laying in it. But now, this is what you're getting. As far as you know, as far as now, Baker, for this, there was one point in time, there was no whether the Panthers were willing to. Paid four million. They wanted, I think, Cleveland to pay fourteen million of Baker's eighteen million dollar contract or something like that, and they would make some type of deal. Now, I know everybody talks about the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think the Seahawks are no longer in contention for this possibility. I think they're stuck on Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Geno probably has the upper edge because he knows the system. Drew is probably more talented. But Gino knows the system. Now probably give Gino the edge going into camp. They're not saying Drew Drew could very win the spring job in camp in preseason. That possibly certainly sits there. And to me, would Baker be an upgrade over Sam Donald? Yeah, he'd be he'd be a little bit of an upgrade, certainly. But the thing is, 
but how bad the Panthers are wanting the right now that they're willing to they're willing to let Sam Darnold be the starting quarterback and they want to get Matt Correll probably enough reps in camp. Certainly Matt's gonna play a lot of preseason because they want to see if he is the quarterback of the future for the Carolina Panthers. But for Baker Mayfield, you know, some experts feel that Baker has dug himself a hole. Yes, Baker has dug himself a hole with inconsistent play. Baker was hurt a lot of last year. Baker gutted out, tried to gut it out as much as he can, and maybe that was Baker's fault. He tried to gut it out, made himself look bad by gutting it out. I mean, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with trying to toughen, you know, try to tough it out. Maybe Baker didn't do his best for the team by trying to tough it out. But Baker did what he thought was best for the Cleveland Browns, you know, and it didn't pan out that way. Now, Baker, there's times Baker has looked good, and there's times that Baker hasn't looked like the greatest you know, quarterback in the world. But Baker is better than some of the quarterbacks in this league. But I'm interested to see what Cleveland's going to do now because we're assuming, we're going to assume right here and right now that Jacoby Brissett is probably going to be the starting quarterback. Sean Watson's going to serve a year suspension. And as of right now, Joshua Dobbs is probably the number two quarterback and Baker's going to be number three. Or is Baker going to, or is, or is Cleveland really going to be that crazy enough to keep Baker around in his $18 million contract? And what is he going to do? Because right now, Baker is better than Joshua Dobbs. And what is he going to do? He'll take $18 million. And Baker Mayfield's going to be staying around for your team while Trubbish starts. Because right now, that's kind of how it's looking to be the case. And Baker, you know, Baker's got to sit back and say to himself, all this goes down. Deshaun's out for the year. Let's say Schroeder gets hurt. And you would hope not. But Baker's got to be shaking his head and just, and just saying, wow, maybe you do need me after all. But I had to put that out there. That was kind of the most interesting one I ever heard. Now, as far as, you know, you know Garoppolo goes, Garoppolo's kind of hurt himself with the off-season shoulder surgery. He's kind of hurt his chances of, uh, as far as the 49ers go, the 49ers had not reached out to teams and said, hey, do you want Jimmy? Because to be honest with you, if Jimmy's healthy, Jimmy might, Jimmy may wind up backing up Trey Lance because they, Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback. But don't be surprised if the 49ers keep Jimmy, Jimmy along the team and Jimmy ends up being Trey's backup. But then again, don't be surprised if Trey struggles, Jimmy is back in there. And if, if Jimmy's healthy, Jimmy get healthy quickly. Come to camp. I don't know how much Jimmy, if he's healthy enough, would he play preseason? I'm not sure that'd be the case. Now I'm going to say that Jim, I'm going to say that Trey Lance is going to have to play some preseason game because he's a young quarterback. He's got to learn, and I think he's going to have to play all three preseason games. I don't say he's going to have to play, you know, a lot in those three preseason games, but he's got to go out there. He's got to play. He's got to show something. But a guy, but if you keep a guy like Jimmy G around, that's twenty some million. And of course, the 49ers have said they have um dangled it somehow where they can keep Jimmy around under, under the cap. Yeah, of course, last I've heard, Jimmy's not even in the has not been coming to OTAs. He's been excused from OTAs because I guess they don't want they don't want another controversy because Jimmy is still on the roster. And here we go again. The was it gonna be Jimmy Garoppolo? Is going to be Trey Lance. Everybody saying the right things. It is Trey's team. 
as long as Jimmy Droppler is still around, there's going to be that controversy. But of course, with Jimmy, the shoulder the shoulder injury became became a thing. That's why he is not going nowhere. I know Jimmy Jimmy is kind of like Baker in a way where Jimmy can look good one minute, look bad the next minute. But Jimmy has got his team to the playoff. Jimmy has got his team to the NFC Championship game. Jimmy actually has won a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots as a backup quarterback. So Jimmy has a little bit more pedigree than Baker Mayfield does because he has that on his resume. Now, don't get me wrong. If Jimmy is completely healthy, Jimmy could be a valuable option to somebody. He's not going to light the world on fire, but he could be a valuable option somewhere to somebody. But again, I had to file it. When I heard that and I read that, it's like, that kind of sounds interesting, but it wouldn't be a valuable option because it's because both teams are taking on money that they can't really afford to do. But again, interesting theory. But again, like I said, Baker's got to be sitting back and saying to himself, Clayton's going, at the end of the day, Clayton's going to really need, is going to really need me. And that's the, that's the funniest thing of them all because Deshaun's going to serve a year suspension. And Trevor Seth's going to be your quarterback. And it'll be funny. Does Cleveland keep Baker around? After all, we'll find out. But it should be it should be it should be telling, of course, when Deshaun Watson fiasco unfolds here. Like I said, later on in the day, we'll find out what comes down to that. If there will be any dealings, or there'll be you know, or there'll be a decision rendered on Deshaun Watson. If that's the case, and he does serve a year suspension. Jacoby Brissett moves to the forefront. And does Baker Mayfield become the backup quarterback for the Cleveland Browns? Again, I guess we've seen stranger things happen, right? But the way the way it's looking right now, Baker does hang on in Cleveland. Man, that would be, my friends, a very funny thing. Now, to all my uh, fantasy football fans out there, here we go already. We're here in late June, and now we've got I think ESPN is one source have come out. They've had this. I haven't had a chance to really look at the. Um, they've had this mock twelve team draft. I believe they said somebody had like eight running backs and four receivers were taken like in this twelve round mock draft. Again, I haven't read it. I don't know what the experts pick. And um, for me, for me, I'm gonna spend the last several minutes. We've talked football and we'll continue to talk some football. But for this point of view for the last several minutes I gotta I gotta bring bring this up. For so many years everybody there's always a fantasy football magazine. Uh you know you can go to internet, ESPN, Yahoo, CBS Sports, Fox Sports, so forth and so forth and so on. Everybody's got a a fancy, you know, everybody's got their own version, their own story uh, of what they would do, how they would draft, and all this and all this, and so forth and so forth. Now, for me, I'm going to get to the point. This will be my 34th year doing this, and I will guarantee you that I've got more experience doing this than some fancy experts that have their own shows out there, and that's not... That's not blowing smoke up people's butts. That is probably the God honest truth. 
you know, I can remember, and I can't remember, it had to be a few years ago, and I might have put it out on Twitter. I'm not 100% positive on that. It's been a few years ago, and of course, as you get older, you forget things, right? That's kind of a thing to some degree. I've always, you know, I've always had that, gosh, what is the Tom Brady mentality? Because, you know, Tom wants another Super Bowl on top of the Super Bowl on top of the Super Bowl because he wants to put out in people's minds that he is the best at what he does. Michael Jordan had that, you know, capability. Now, I'm not going to compare myself to Tom Brady or no one consult myself Michael Jordan because I'd be kind of insulting, insulting those two, those two greats. But the point is, my point of view has always been this, is I've always wanted to prove a point to people. I've always wanted to prove no matter, you know, no matter what league I was in, whether it's an ESPN league, a Yahoo league, I do, I got some of the dynasty league, keeper league, whatever you want to call it. I've had, you know, I've had guys I've played with for many, many years in a keeper league, and they are some great, you know, there are some good players that I play against, and some guys I'll admit I even learn from, but I've always wanted to come back in, and I've always wanted to win the most championships. I want to be consistent every single year because I wanted to stick it to people because I wanted to prove a point that I was as good. I went to, I was that good, and I've always wanted to prove that to people. And you know, and I've said it you know, a few years ago. I think I mentioned the point where you know Matthew Berry has been the most popular guy that comes up with fancy stuff, and he has you know his own show. And I think it gets put on ESPN two, or I could be I could be wrong on that. But he does put a fancy football show out. And it doesn't matter if it was Matthew Barry. It doesn't matter if it was Joe Schmo or whoever else does, you know, thing. I've always wanted to challenge. I've always wanted to get in the league. And I've always wanted to challenge one of those guys to some so-called fancy expert. And I've always wanted to sit there. And I want to be, I want to go there for one league against one of these experts, maybe a couple of them. And I want to beat, beat them to prove to them, to prove everybody once and for all that I could be, you know, that I could be that good. Now, you know, I, I don't ever, I don't ever such a thing as a, I know there's no such thing as a fantasy football Hall of Fame. If there was, I mean, if there was such a thing, I would love to be in it. I would love to be in it. Because again, like I said, I've been in it for 34 years. This will be my 34th year. So, guys, I'll be blunt as I can about it. Now, granted, this is a podcast. Again, again, this is a podcast. This is my 76th episode, I believe. And I'm sure that guys out there, you know, the Matthew Bears of the world or this person or that person are not going to listen to this podcast because I'm just a little peon on the totem pole. And nobody cares. But I'll say this. If anybody listens to this podcast, won't you go ahead and send this out to Matthew Berry, 10 buck two, whatever you gotta do. It's a challenge. Prove me wrong. Because I want to prove people wrong. I want to stick it to people. I want to prove that I can be the very best at what I can do. Sure, I'm like most people. I read what people put out. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I have my own opinions. I have my own thought process 
And for many, many years, I did things different. Because again, I've always wanted people to always thought outside the box, not inside the box. Because if you think outside the box, you make things interesting. And I've always thought outside the box. Now again, last year, and I've done it already, yeah, I'll give you my opinions as well. Because I want you to succeed in whatever in whatever that you do. Now again, yes, I will go back to doing the the 18 league I do, the keeper league again this year. And it should be a very competitive uh, league this year. I will go back and I'll do the 12 team league with guys I used to work with or some of their family mem- family members. And I will enjoy that again this year. And yes, I'll do the ESPN leagues. Yes, I'll do the Yahoo leagues. Now, I don't know about the CBS Sports. I don't know about the Fox Sports. But I'm more of the ESPN, NFL.com, and Yahoo type of guy. And I will try my best. And I will continue to do those. And I will love to play against the guys that I play against. Or even females. There are females that do play in these leagues. And I can respect the hell out of, hell out of them. Because I guess, you know, fantasy sports is more of a guys, guys kind of thing. But I respect any woman that steps in and wants to shut the guy up and prove him wrong. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. But I have the same mentality. Every single league, I want to go out there. I want to win every single league. Now, last year, I was kind of lucky. I had a chance of being in the playoffs in a lot of leagues. Unfortunately, I didn't win. I did win a few Super Bowls. Didn't win them all. I wish I did. But that's kind of the way it goes. But for my thing out there, if any friends of mine, any pod, any people out there, here goes the challenge. If anybody, do me a favor. If you listen to this podcast, get it out to Matthew Berry. Get it out to any daggone fantasy football expert out there. I challenge you to prove me wrong because I want to prove you wrong. I want to prove to you that I am, I can be the very best at what I do. Now, I don't fire blanks, gentlemen. It's between your eyeballs. Let's see what you got. Prove me wrong. Let's, you know, prove me wrong. I don't care if Matthew Barry wants to go up against me. I'll do the ESPN format. I got no problem with that. If you're a so-called Yahoo expert, I'll go to your thing and we'll do it off the Yahoo thing. If you're an NFL.com expert, I will do it off at NFL.com. Prove me wrong, guys. Prove me wrong. Because I want to prove you wrong. And I damn sure will prove you wrong. Step up to a plate. Let me show you what I can do. And trust me, if I can if I can beat you at your so-called own game, then that takes that makes that takes my game up that much more. Because again, I want to be the very best at what I do, or try to be the best, or try to be the best. In the words of of the immortal Ric Flair, if you're a wrestling fan, they say to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Well, in this situation, guys like Matthew Berry and some of the other experts, they are the, they are the men because they've been doing it for a while. But I've been doing it for, 34, for almost 34 years now, and I want to beat the man. I want to prove everybody wrong once and for all. So, gentlemen, it's plain and simple. Step up. Show me something. Prove me wrong because I tell you what, I'll prove you wrong. Bank on that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, I want to say thank you for listening to the to my podcast, and uh, please, please take care of yourselves, and I will see you again very, very soon.